the views and opinions reflected in any of the stories narrated are solely those of the story contributor and are not necessarily that of the Nightmare Society. This podcast features adult content, so listener discretion is highly advised. And if you or anyone you know is struggling, help is available. Please see the resources in the show notes. Again, Nightmare Society, and welcome to another episode of True Horror Stories. I've got some strange but disturbing stories for you tonight. Leading up to the spooky season, I'm trying to include some of these more supernatural stories many of you are requesting. So, here you go. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. was a wildland firefighter back in the day in Arizona. I worked in a forest that was generally popular with a lot of recreation in the northern portion, but I worked on the southern portion of the forest that was really remote. It barely had any roads or campgrounds, so if you wanted to recreate there, you had to work for it. The fire crew I was on had two duty stations, one in a small town where the rest of the forest employees worked out of, and one that was about two and a half hours away, up a really windy mountainous road. The remote duty station had an old forest service ranger station, and a newer double-wide trailer that was recently put in. When I worked at this place, it had no cell reception. When my crew and I weren't working, we were playing horseshoes and watching movies. They did eventually add a cell phone booster, which sadly made people play on their phones, but I digress. My supervisor from that crew had experienced some weird things as well, working up there. There was one night he told me he was cowboy camping, sleeping outside with no tent, and he kept getting weird, mucousy drops of liquid on his face. He kept looking around and even yelling, and no one was around him. He told me he wasn't below any trees, so it couldn't be tree sap. He never slept outside there ever again, which leads me to believe he was telling me the truth. For my story, I have had other interesting experiences at that remote duty station, but this one was scary. It was the night of July 4th, and we weren't on a fire, so the crew was playing horseshoes and having a good time. Everyone went to bed pretty early because we were going to have a PT hike the next day. I had my own small room in the double-wide trailer, and my bed was situated next to a big window. I started dozing off, but felt awake still. And I hear one of my co-workers outside my window asking me to come outside. 
I was laying on my side facing the window, and I didn't look up, but I felt their pretense by the window. It felt as though something tall was looming over me from outside. They kept beckoning me, and I said no. Pretty quickly, their voice started changing to a deeper, raspier, angrier voice. They started cursing at me. I just froze. It was sort of a demonic voice. I lay frozen, not moving while they yelled at me. Eventually it stopped and I fell asleep. I woke up the next day and wanted to ask my coworker if he was standing outside my window, but I felt too weird about it. Maybe it was some mild form of sleep paralysis? I don't know, but still very weird. mixed native adopted by white parents and I didn't know my heritage until I was an adult and found my family. Recently my baby and my spouse who is also indigenous and I moved out to the middle of Mexico to be closer to family. The week after we moved into our house we started hearing this whistling every single night right as the sun went down and until the sun came up. It was keeping us up, and we were really annoyed with it. We live in a sort of gated area, so we thought maybe it was some security measure, or some weird bird. But the whistling wasn't in measured intervals or constant. It was a weird middling whistle that would come back on and off. So at the end of the week, I got annoyed and decided, stupidly, but in my defense, I did have a taser, to look for the source and end it so we could get a good night's sleep. I went outside and waited for it to whistle. It whistled in the corner across the street. I slowly approached, but then it stopped and the sound jumped over a couple of houses. Confused, I followed, thinking it again was some sort of security measure. It did this down the whole street until it made a big jump on the corner and went all the way down to this weird abandoned house. I totally noped out of that and went back to tell my partner what was happening. My spouse nervously laughed when I told them it reminded me of some indigenous legends of skinwalkers or the dead whistling at night. I then repeated the same process I had just done and the whistling tried to get me to follow it again. So I said, heck no, and really did think I was overreacting. I did a sage cleanse, and just as a disclaimer, the sage was ethically harvested and also gifted to me by another indigenous individual. And also my tribe uses it for protection, so I'm aware of it being a closed practice. But try to be respectful anyways when I'm using it since it's part of my own culture. I went outside and waited for it to whistle. And it did. I had my sage and looked directly where the sound was coming from, and I said, I know what you are. You leave me and my family alone or I will personally find you and end you. It whistled a couple more times and then hasn't whistled since. I know that there are legends of skinwalkers in Mexico, but what was it? Was it trying to hurt me? 
or was it the dead, or something else? As someone suggested, I looked into La Lacusa, and oddly enough, our neighbor is this old woman who keeps this weird charm in her doorway. She also keeps telling us how beautiful our baby is, in like a nice way, I suppose. But literally just now, when I was reading about them, she knocked on my freaking door and then told me she had my cat in her house. He was eating some cat food and she kept trying to invite me in. experience a few years ago and to this day it gives me a shiver I've been camping solo backpacking and hunting my whole life in Oregon and felt comfortable in the woods and have a deep respect for nature a few years ago my wife daughter and two German shepherds went camping north of Mount Jefferson Oregon I have included the coordinates of our campsite which we found to be the perfect setup for us and our two dogs who need the privacy since they are intimidating to other dog owners and can be loud when spooked. It was not an established campsite, just a nice horseshoe off of a USFS road and had flat ground and full of trees and a fire pit. The first night, my daughter wanted to sleep by herself in a two-man tent right next to ours. It was maybe two feet away from me and my wife's tent, we made the male German Shepherd, Guts is his name, stay with her in the tent. That whole first night, neither my wife or I could sleep. We both heard footsteps and they were heavy. Not like typical forest critters scampering around the night. I was well armed because I was paranoid from reading recently before about a dad in California who was shot and killed in a tent next to his two infant daughters. Needless to say, both my wife and I had two pistols and my rifle with me. The dogs are great at detection and that is why I felt my daughter could sleep alone, because Guts is completely fearless and nothing would lay a hand on her without a battle to the death. All in all, nothing but bad vibes and loud footsteps occurred that night, which I ultimately decided was deer or maybe some elk. Day 2. Morning. We go for a walk down the road and maybe 300 feet away, see the circle area in the photo, see the link in the show notes. I see an abandoned road where a rusted gate post, the gate was missing, was covered in vegetation. Something of blue color caught my eye and Guts immediately takes off running down this abandoned road. My heart begins to race because I think it's another family camping like us and he's going to get himself shot or scare some innocent people to death, so I chase after him as fast as I can, and the rest follow. He stops after 20 feet into the road, and me yelling his name, but I have covered just enough distance to see that there is nobody there, and something is off about the sight. I yell, Hello? Is anybody there? Sorry about my dog. I got no response. My curiosity gets the best of me, 
and I have to see what the site conditions were. As I get closer, I know something is wrong. It had all the necessities for a campsite, including a cooler, propane burner, tent, blankets, folding table. But every single item had been completely destroyed, smashed, and torn from what appeared to be a few claw marks. We all walked around in circles, puzzled why anyone would leave all their camping gear behind, including an expensive REI tent. I figured, well, someone left in a hurry and animals got to the rest, as the only logical explanation. Still, a propane tank and cooler were flattened by something, and it certainly wasn't a snowpack with tree coverage in that spot. As the afternoon rolls in, me and my daughter are playing bocce ball at the campsite, and my wife goes walking maybe 70 feet north to do her business. I do not have a direct line of sight on her, but all of a sudden I see Guts make a mad dash straight towards her. Normally he would always be with me unless he's called over and she didn't call for him. His speed and focus caught my attention and I knew something weird was happening. So I ran over there, and my wife starts jogging at me, and I immediately draw my pistol. Guts has completely continued running into the forest another hundred feet before I call him and he stopped. My other dog, Leah, who never misses the opportunity to be the pack leader, is not taking point. I have had her now for seven years and this was the first time in her life she refused to leave my daughter's side. She was full hair raised and attached to us at the hip. Again, anytime we hike or play, Leah is up front bossing everything in her path and pauses to look to see where we are and then continues. I asked my wife what happened and she said, I was about to go to the bathroom and all of a sudden I felt all my hairs raise. I know someone was watching me. And then I saw Guts running towards me and I just got up and moved towards you. We spent 10 minutes looking for signs of anything and saw no trails, broken branches, nothing to point to what and where something went. We decide we are spending one more night since it's too late to pack up and drive, but we will all be in the big tent together. Before we go to bed, I put a rope with a makeshift coin alarm around the perimeter of our campsite. I use a mint can and some coins and keys from our truck and zip-tied it so anything hitting the rope gave it a little jingle. Very unsophisticated, but it put my wife at ease. As I go to tie my last corner off at a tree near our tent, our third mystery item unveils itself. It looks like someone has done the same exact thing I have done with a rope that was so old and brown I didn't see it at first. It was broken and only a few pieces remained, but sure enough it was tied at roughly the same height, around 8 to 10 inches off the ground, and even had a few rusted washers on it. I immediately felt someone has stayed here before and put the same makeshift warning system on the same tree I am, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, based on the condition of the rope. Perhaps my paranoia has now reached a new height, but I had to make sure the girls felt we were safe, and at the time the only thing I could think of was when the evening came around. I made them sit in the truck, and I fired a clip of my forty-five into the dirt as a signal to whatever was out there that we were armed. I reassured them that anybody listening to that now knows we have two wolves and are armed, and we are too risky of a target, so we can sleep safely. That night we heard no footsteps, 
The dogs never perked up or barked. We left early the next morning. Fast forward to today and I watched the Amazon Missing 411 hunted documentary and I noticed a cluster smack dab close to where we camped that weekend and a flood of dread rushes me as I think of that mysterious abandoned campsite with a ripped tent and smashed cooler. We have been camping since and have enjoyed the beauty of the Northwest, but there was something there at that place that possibly took or harmed someone else less than 300 feet away from where we camped, and we all thank our lucky stars. Gus was doing his thing so well that afternoon. Check the show notes for links to the uh, photo with the circle on it of the location, and of course, a photo of Leah and Guts. been a bit of a skeptic ever since I was a kid. Scary stories don't faze me. Horror games never frighten me. And whenever I hear something weird at night, I instantly assume it's something normal. An animal. Or just the house settling. Despite this, something very unsettling happened to me the other day. And I'm really not sure what to make of it. I think it's the first time in years I've been genuinely frightened. I live in a forested area in the US. Me and my girlfriend live in a large cabin, and although there are roads nearby, our nearest neighbors are at least a kilometer away. We also have two cats, one of which sleeps in the bedroom with us, while the other often goes out at night and does whatever cats do at night when they're out of sight. Anyway, I like to stay up late at night and sleep late into the morning, whereas my girlfriend is an early bird. It was about 1 in the morning and I was watching crappy TV in the living room while my girlfriend slept in the bedroom. I was beginning to grow tired when I heard something outside, near the cat door. For clarity, our cat door uses an electronic chip, so only our cats can use it. I assumed it was just one of the cats coming into or leaving the house, and I ignored it. Then I heard it again. It sounded like something thudding against the flap. It happened several times at random intervals until I lost my patience and decided to just go and open the door. Clearly the cat was having trouble getting in. I never thought about it at the time, but this was weird because we feed our cats well and they're very lean rather than chubby. I passed the bedroom and peered in as I walked past to see if my girlfriend heard the noises She was fast asleep, but the cat that sleeps with us was staring at the window. I called her name. Nothing. She kept staring. I shrugged it off and kept heading towards the kitchen. The back doors are through there. So I reached the back door and saw a dark shape through the translucent flap. I sighed, expecting the cat to be out there, and opened the door. It took me a moment to open the door and I saw the cat tense up as I opened the door. The door opened fully and I froze. It was not my cat. Whatever it was had started moving before I opened up and I only caught a glimpse of a distorted figure, kind of like a tailless dog, bolting, and I mean absolutely pelting it. I freaked out and slammed the door shut. What the hell was it? 
I wasn't sure. My natural skepticism kicked in and I assumed it was just my other cat, and I had merely startled it. Perhaps the darkness had made it appear larger. Nevertheless, I was creeped out and decided to go to sleep. As I slipped into bed, I realized something horrifying. The second cat was asleep on the rug. It took a while to get to sleep that night. Everything seemed normal until a few hours later. I awoke to a strange feeling of dread. Something wasn't right. My girlfriend was fast asleep. I held my breath and heard something creaking by the door. It sounded too loud to be one of the cats. It was as if a person was walking about. I reached towards my bedside cabinet and flicked on the lamp. The room was illuminated and I saw something standing just outside the open door, staring at me. The same twisted figure I had spotted outside earlier. It wasn't super tall, maybe a little over five feet, but it was its face that scared me the most. I only caught a glimpse of it, but what I saw will stay with me forever. It looked like a dog, but with an elongated face and almost human-like eyes. You know that weird, distorted snarl hounds pull when they're pissed off? It had that expression. I instantly started yelling profanities as I scrabbled backwards, trying to straighten up. The creature turned and sprinted down the hall. I heard it dash outside and go past the window behind us, just above the headboard. I managed to look out as my girlfriend started to panic as she woke up fully. We both caught a glimpse of whatever the heck this thing was as it dashed off into the woods near our home. Grabbing my trusty shotgun from beneath the bed, as well as a couple of rounds from the ammunition box that sits next to it, I ran out of the room in my underwear and rounded into the kitchen. The door was open. I'd forgotten to lock it when I saw the thing originally, I guess. I haven't seen it since, and we still live in our cabin, but I've bought sturdy locks for all the main doors and windows in the house, and always check the exit points at night. I also go to bed a bit earlier than I used to, so I'm asleep when the freaks of the night start to wake up. I've read a bunch of forums, and the only thing I can compare it to based on what I saw is a skinwalker. I don't know. What do you think? I was born and grew up in a town called Shrewsbury in Shropshire, England. The town has a reputation of being one of the most haunted places in the world. The town is well over a thousand years old. A lot of the ruins of old buildings remain, even in the town center. Everyone I know growing up had some sort of experience, haunted or otherwise, at some point in their lives. This isn't the only experience I've ever had, but it has spanned a number of years and has affected me the most. My grandparents have a house that all of the family, my mother and her siblings, grew up in. This house has a back bedroom that gives off a vibe that you just don't want to mess with. It's the only room in the house that has the door always closed and is now used as a storage room that my nan refuses to enter alone. It was used when I was a kid as a spare bedroom for when me and my brother would stay over, but we hated being in that room. 
One night, me and my brother were asleep in there, and I woke up just in time to look over and see the light fixture on the ceiling next to my head. I can even remember the feeling of the cold plaster touching my cheek right before whatever the heck was lifting me let go. I hit the mattress and immediately started screaming, and my dad burst into the room to find out what happened. I told him everything, but he was obviously skeptical, but I even remember him saying that the room was very cold, even though the heat was on, and there was an odd feeling he couldn't explain. My brother, who was asleep during my incident, said he had a dream that night of an old man standing over him shouting for him to get out. Get out. To this day, he is reluctant to talk about it because of how real it felt. But it does get worse. I was told this was over a month after the first incident, but I was at home, in my house, the other side of the town, and it happened again. Me and my brother at this time used bunk beds and I slept on the top bunk. My dad was downstairs watching TV and all of a sudden he said he got a feeling something was wrong. Then realized the feeling he felt was the same as it was when I had the incident at my nan's. He ran upstairs, burst into the room, just in time to catch me falling from the ceiling. I had been picked up, lifted over the bed's safety rail, and was hanging with my head tilted towards the ground, and my dad burst in to see me hanging there in mid-air for a split second before dropping, and he caught me. He was terrified and could never explain what happened. Nothing happened again until I was in my mid-twenties. My nan was heading out somewhere for an overnight stay, so I said I would stay the night, feed the dogs, and sleep on the sofa. I did everything stated, went to sleep on the sofa, but woke up in the morning in the spare room, at the back of the room, behind a load of storage boxes. It took me five minutes of moving the boxes out of my way to reach the door, to get out. And to this day, now 14 years later, I have no idea how the heck I got in that room, over those boxes, into the back section of the room without damaging anything. I've never been more frightened after waking up in all my life, and I've never stayed another night in that house since. My nan refuses to talk about that room. My granddad was the same prior to his death. I have no idea what happened in that house. What spirit, or worse, could be living in that back room? but I will never go back in that room for as long as I live. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.